Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 181 of my podcast for July 23rd, 2013. My guest today is a good friend. He is Ron Pereira from Gemba Academy, which is a really outstanding provider of online lean and Six Sigma education. You might also know Ron from his blog, and he's also got a podcast now at lssacademy.com, where I was recently a guest on episode eight of his podcast. You might recognize Ron's voice. He was actually the guest host for episode 143 of my podcast, which you can find at leanblog.org slash 143. He asked me some Q&A following up on a webinar that I did for him about statistical process control. And you can find links to, to all of this and a sample video from Gemba Academy if you go to leanblog.org slash 181. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, but before I moved to San Antonio about a year ago, Ron and I lived real close to each other in the same town in North Texas. We would um, often get together for coffee. And uh, now pretty much we are uh, reduced to talking over over Skype and um, happy to finally have Ron as a guest on the podcast. So we're going to be talking about his experiences with both Six Sigma and Lean. You know, Six Sigma is really not something I've talked about much in this podcast. That's not my own professional background. But Ron and I agree these methods can be used together and especially, you know, statistical methods uh, are really valid. So Ron's going to tell us. Um, as part of the discussion, a story about a time he used statistical methods to solve a problem that might have been difficult with more um, standard lean approaches. Um, so I hope you enjoy the discussion. Uh, I think Ron and I will do this again. Um, it's always good chatting with him, and I hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, Ron, hey, it's great to have you as a guest on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Nah, thank you, Mark. Well, you know, we've, we've talked so many times and you know, listeners might not realize that you and I used to be neighbors and I actually had to go back. I had to go back and look at the list of podcasts to realize that I had not had you as a guest on here before. So I'm glad we're, um, you know, we're I think I inter didn't I like interview you once or something and it was like some about SPC or something like, I don't know, already it was a follow-up to a webinar that we did. Yeah. I think I, I, we flipped it around, which was odd. But oh, yeah. you're, you're right. So, okay, yeah. So podcast listeners may have heard Ron as the voice of yeah. uh, uh, asking questions that time. But yeah, Ron and I, we've done webinars and all kinds of things together. And um, it's, it's great to be able to talk about your work and what you're doing. So Ron, can you introduce yourself and yeah. your background for the listeners? Sure. Well, so I'm the managing partner of a company called Gemba Academy, and and uh, Gemba Academy we uh, we produce and uh, distribute online and DVD based kind of lean and Six Sigma training, and so it's uh it's all uh it's it, it's it's meant to uh, kind of complement. It's not meant to replace in person training per se, but it's meant to complement it and kind of change things up. So instead of someone having to stand up there and you know, deliver PowerPoint presentations all day long. They can play some videos to kind of complement their their approach. And so, I've been. We launched Gemba Academy in, in March of 2009. And uh, well, we could do a whole podcast on just that, but mm. that's not the point, I guess. Yeah. And also, I have a blog, lssacademy.com, and I write, uh, um, you know, about leadership, lean, Six Sigma, different types of things like that. I mean. It's my personal blog, so you know, I'll, my I learned something from my kid's soccer coach or whatever from leadership or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll write about mm -hmm. it, you know. So it's it's kind of uh, my personal blog. And then before uh, Gemba Academy, I uh, 
kind of in the industry. I worked at a company called FlowServe. I was a, my last job there was as a director of manufacturing and continuous improvement. So uh, really worked hard to help that company kind of kind of launch their. Um, they were more of a kind of a Six Sigma kind of organization and really wanted to. Uh, Get get more engaged with uh, kind of traditional lean thinking, and so we we worked on that. So that was good. And, and before that, I worked at uh, Motorola, Nokia, in uh, in various uh, engineering roles. And and this is also where really I was first introduced to uh, to lean and, and Six Sigma. So yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that and the combination and, and balance of lean and Six Sigma. But yeah, you should also mention you're doing podcasts now, since people listening here yeah. are probably likely to want to subscribe to what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and, and you know, honestly, got to give Mark a lot of credit here. And I, I've, I was following Mark's blog. And that's how I ended up meeting, you know, you and I met was me, I mm-hmm. emailed you and started asking you a million questions and come to find out we lived uh, five miles from each other which yeah. was odd but uh but yeah your podcast has been uh really uh really great and so i, I started one and it's really uh it's, it's more of a kind of an experiment at this point it's fun and uh i like doing it. it's a different medium so yeah i mean you can go over to lssacademy.com and and um click on the podcast link there and you'll find uh, i've this is, i think i've only done six or seven so just starting out but it's been really fun and and uh, but again, thank you, Mark, for for all the work that you've done because you've really uh, uh, encouraged me to kind of do that as well. So well, well, sure, and I'm glad you're doing that. And uh, for, you know, for the listeners, Ron's podcast is a little different. He's talking about um, different concepts and stories, and it's generally a shorter podcast, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's like instead of writing an article, I'll just record like a little podcast and and. Uh, and I've even gone back to some of the more popular articles, and I've actually just read them mm-hmm. and changed it up a little bit. But that's kind of been a, kind of a fun uh, experience to kind of bring a you know a three year old article back to life, mm-hmm. so in a in a totally different way. So but yeah. yeah, well, that's great. Well, uh, congratulations again on getting started with that. Um, yeah. But back back to your background. Um, if you want to talk about, um, curious to hear more about what you got exposed to first, um, Lean or Six Sigma, um, yeah. some of your own kind of personal history. Yeah, no, that's that. a good question. Yeah, well, when I worked at Motorola, I was kind of right out of college and and I was working in in different kind of technical and engineering kind of roles and and I uh, just just fresh out of school and so we you know we were running uh, design of experiments and doing control charts and and all this kind of stuff and I just I just kind of thought I was young and naive I guess at that time that that really everyone worked like that because mm-hmm. that's just how we did our jobs and um, and that's where I guess I was I was uh, first introduced to I mean there were really both when I look back on it both kind of what we would call lean and definitely what we would call kind of six sigma attributes to what we were doing um, but I actually didn't you know Motorola is you know credited with the whole six sigma thing back in the 80s and right. and I and I actually didn't ever go through their formal six sigma training but again it's just how we did our jobs then I went to work for Nokia um, you know Motorola's biggest competitor and at, th- at that point I actually did go through kind of their formal six sigma training green belt black belt master black belt and uh, really really kind of fell in love with you know that methodology um, but gosh you know I I'm, I'm just constantly seeking out new things to learn and um, and I, I, I you know I definitely had heard of lean and you know there was some lean stuff which well I think we'll talk about later kind of sprinkled into what we would call back then what we call our six sigma training 
but it, I knew there was so much more. And so I actually just did a lot of self-studying and read some books, started looking for blogs, and actually stumbled across John Miller's blog, which John Miller is, as you know, he's my business mm -hmm. partner at Gemba Academy now, but he's right. the CEO of the Kaizen Institute. Back then, he was uh, running Gemba Research, which is a you know, lean consulting company. Anyhow, John has a blog, GembaPantare.com, really great blog. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so uh, we, we brought John and their company into Nokia to kind of help us Get get going with our lean journey, and that was fantastic. And that's where I first met John, and and uh, was just blown away by John's presence and just how how you know honestly how awesome he was to work <laughs> with, and really became good friends with him. And and that's how Gemba Academy came to be. You know, three, four, five, well, actually, long ten years after that is when we kind of got going with uh, Gemba Academy. But that's how I kind of got into lean, and then I really honestly fell in love with with lean. Um, and I wouldn't say I like one better than the other. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into this later, but uh, but understanding both has really served me well, I think, over the years. So I guess you could say I started with Six Sigma, and then uh, and then really uh, gained a deeper understanding of Lean uh, Second. Now that's not typical. I think um, for many people, it's kind of the opposite. But you know, I guess that's that's my story, and and uh, it <laughs> for good or for good or bad, that's that's how I uh, that's how I uh, how I experience continuous improvement. Yeah, and you know, you're you're. History and perspective is different than mine. You know, just the, the, the real quick version of mine for the listeners is that um, I was really exposed to lean and, and Dr. Deming. I was actually exposed to some of Dr. Deming's work um, before anything related to the Toyota production system. Um, and, and really everything in my career has been um, around the lean methodology. You know, when I, when I was at Dell in 1999, 2000, uh, I went through Greenbelt training um, at Dell. Um, I had already been, I felt like, well, I already know all of these statistical methods because of my industrial engineering right. um, education. We used a lot of those methods even yeah. um, in lean environments. And I worked at Honeywell, which was doing both lean and Six Sigma um, together. Um, you know, so you know, I think there's, and maybe we can, talk, we can touch on this later. Um, you know, sometimes people think like, well, you know, I'm opposed to Six Sigma. I'm like, well, no, not at all. It's it's valid statistical methods. It's kind right. of like saying I, I I couldn't be opposed to gravity. I mean, it is. Right. It's there. Exactly. Now, you know, there's some of the details, uh, you know, of you know the way belts are yeah. trained or certified and in mm -hmm. different ways that seem valid or not yeah. and and then lean sigma you know the supposed combination <laughs> that's a different story yeah um you know but you know so you know, I come from this from a different background and and yeah. and you know we're I think we have a lot of common ground but you've got a different you know different perspective so I'm glad we're exploring that today sure. um but you know I was going to ask you to explore your turn to expand on this a bit, you know. So again, by Academy started with um, you know, these great lean training videos. You've recently introduced what you're calling your school of Six Sigma. Um, what, what are some of your views about mm. how lean and Six Sigma fit together conceptually or even practically speaking in an yeah. organization? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So, I mean let's be honest, you know, this can actually even become like a controversial topic, you know, I mean, there's some passionate uh, opinions on kind of both sides of the, of the fence. You'll have, uh, you know, you'll have some folks that are, you know, really uh, entrenched in kind of the lean thinking mindset who, some, you know, at some point will be almost uh, kind of attacking Six Sigma and then you'll see Six Sigma practitioners, you know, and they'll do the same thing. And mm -hmm. so, 
Um, really, my philosophy, and this is more my personal philosophy, and it's also really, I think, the philosophy of Gemba Academy. I'm not the only partner mm-hmm. of Gemba Academy. There's two other partners, and, and those guys, uh, it's Kevin Meyer and John Miller, and, and they're both, honestly, you know, very hardcore lean thinkers, so I'm really the Six Sigma guy of the bunch. But uh, even with John and Kevin, I believe, we all have the philosophy that we want all of our students at Gemba Academy to be exposed and to learn as much as they can about everything. Mm-hmm. And so we did start with the School of Lean. It's because, you know, as a, as a group, it's what we, what we knew best and uh, what we really felt the, uh, you know, the world needed the most. And this was in 2009 when we launched it because there really wasn't anything out there that, uh, you know, is like our, our, our style. You know, there's some what we call cartoon, <laughs> voiceover cartoon style or voiceover PowerPoint type training. And we definitely didn't want to do that. And so, you know, that's why we started with the School of, with School of Lean. But, you know, listening to your customers is also extremely important, as we all know. And, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many times we were asked by our customers, are you going to ever explore Six Sigma? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about it internally, externally, weighed the pros and the cons. And do we want to, you know, dilute the, the brand, if you will? And, and, or is it going to look like we're selling out? You know, we mm-hmm. had talked about that, being honest. And, uh, Finally, we just finally decided that we've got to listen to our customers. People are desperately asking us to do this. I mm-hmm. mean, these are our current customers who are paying us money. And so we felt obligated to to kind of listen to that voice of the customer. And so we did launch it. Now, what we've done is uh, we, we follow a, a, a very different model than, and I'm not going to, I'm not my style to disparage my, my competitors or anything like that. So I'll never even... Uh, name names here, but we, we are very different business model as far as online training is. We offer what we call site-based subscriptions. So if you work at a, at a site or a, a factory and you have 500 people or a hospital and you have uh, you know 400 associates in the hospital, it's one subscription. Everyone can learn it. And so we... we we really believe in that model, and so that's what we've done and, and with both the School of Lean and School of Six Sigma. Now, we do offer as well on the School of Six Sigma, for those that want it, you know, the whole certification aspect of it, but we're definitely, we don't want to be known as that certification mill, and so if someone's going to actually, uh, you know, achieve any kind of a certification with us, they're going to have that, you know, have to work for it. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. You definitely, there's, there's serious project work. There's a pretty, pretty tough exam <laughs> that, uh, it, you know, needs to be passed and you know so forth so that that's kind of our you know i've been our approach to it um you know the unfortunate thing that has happened in an industry and you know companies like gemba academy we're we're part of the you know that that community and what we've seen is you know this morning you tweeted something mark and uh maybe mm. you could put a link to it you know there's a i'm gonna name the name of the company but uh you know this company is putting uh you know I don't. I don't want to say it, but they they they're offering. I don't know what they call it. Lean Sigma. I don't know what they're. Yeah, the I think it was under. I think they used the heading Lean Sigma. Lean Sigma or something like that. And and they had the curriculum, and I think they had like fifteen things that were what they called Lean, and then they had about forty five <laughs> things that right. were what they called Six Sigma. And there was all kinds of problems with the page because you know they had uh, control charts and such and such under their so called Six Sigma thing. Well, does that mean to say that a Lean practitioner can't learn about control charts. Mm-hmm. So they had all kinds of problems with their website. Um, well, so, but, well, I think that's where some people would say like, yeah, who cares what you label it? It's just good stuff. We'll use it all. But yeah. I mean, I think I think part of the problem and in, in, in that example, I think highlighted it, that the lean 
in Lean Sigma is often very, very superficial yeah. lean. It's like, so you know, Lean Sigma, it seems to be Six Sigma plus uh, a little bit about 5S, a little bit yeah. about the seven types of waste. And yeah. it, like, just, you know, we taught a couple of lean tools, which, yeah. um, you know, that which, which is, uh, I think, really sells short yeah. what lean is really all about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, our school of lean is extremely comprehensive and, you know, you've seen it. I mean, we, we try to cover as much. We're still not done. Obviously, there's so much more to cover, but, you know, there's 200 some videos on just lean. Right. And so that's why it, I, I would say we're not lean. We, we are we offer lean and Six mm -hmm. Sigma, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I wouldn't want to say that we offer lean Six Sigma because we do have them in different buckets. But we do encourage anybody that's interested to explore both because, uh, you know, yeah. as, as we'll, we'll get into later, there, there's definitely a need for many of the things that you learn in, in both bodies of knowledge. Yeah. And, and, and I make that same distinction. I, I always like to say lean and Six Sigma because I'll, I'll look at Honeywell. I mean, they called their program. Uh, at different times, uh, Six Sigma Plus. <laughs> I'm like, well, that tells you where. Okay, yeah. you know, but you know, they had started more. That tells you a lot. But they had started a lot with uh, Six Sigma before Lean. But you know, they were really kind of these parallel track programs yeah. of uh, you know, essentially black belt or master black belt style training for either yeah. Lean or Six Sigma, and they coexisted in the organization. We all we had Six Sigma black belts, and me as a Lean. Uh, person reporting to the same director and the same VP. We were part of a team. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, lean. And, and, you know, there was something in the Wall Street Journal this past week about, quote unquote, Honeywell operating system and some great stuff they're doing with lean. I think it was in Ohio. Um, so there's this really kind of full attempt at lean culture and lean management practices. And then there's also this very full and robust Six Sigma approach. And like, yeah. well, I like to me that that's ideal as opposed yeah. to uh, heavy six sigma watered down lean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, you know, I think there are some people, you know, taking that that approach. But um, let, let's talk a little bit. I think you've got a lot of stories from your experience about times where, let's say, under the heading of process improvement or quality improvement, um, you solve some problems using some specific six sigma statistical tools and uh, maybe in a way that that you know, just uh, straight lean methodology might not have uh, helped resolve can you tell one of those stories uh, yeah and, and talk about this uh, well one that that i wanted to, to share with everyone is first of all i wanted to just kind of add on what we were just saying i think flowserve my my last company that i worked at in the industry they did something that was interesting they didn't call it lean and call it six sigma they called it cip continuous improvement process mm -hmm. and i kind of loved that because yeah. everything was kind of just in there and you could you could learn as much as you wanted about not just lean and six sigma i mean we really got into theory of constraints and tris and there's so many other things traditional project management right um if you want to sit for the pmp exam that sort of thing mm -hmm. so that's another approach that some organizations take is just stay away from both lean and six sigma because honestly lean's probably a terrible name in the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things mm -hmm. as we both i think would agree, <laughs> we do you know and so you know these labels are unfortunately uh cause so many issues yeah. but yeah but, you know, but, but before you tell your story sorry to interject but you see similar things in hospitals and this is actually often what i find myself recommending is that an organization brand what they're doing focused on you know the objectives or right. a higher level title like process excellence or you know, and and then within that framework and that banner, you can apply um, different methodologies in whatever balance and as appropriate. And then that way, if if you started with lean and then you added some elements of Six Sigma, you don't have to rebrand things. It still yeah. um, falls under that banner. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, one story that I wanted to share with everyone is um, there's one thing that I'm really passionate about. And, and we actually teach this concept at Gimba Academy in our School of Lean and School of Six Sigma. So I don't know what, mm-hmm. what you want to say if it's a Six Sigma tool or a Lean tool. It's a tool that I personally believe anybody that practices any kind of improvement methodology needs to understand. And that's measurement system analysis or MSA, gauge r r There's many, many terms for it. But one story is when I worked at uh, – uh, well, I don't even want to – no. I don't want to name no, okay. or anything like that, but one of my past companies, okay, and I've mm-hmm. mentioned three of them, um, <laughs> one of my jobs at one point was to work with our suppliers very closely and from a quality and, um, you know, kind of just a just a really collaborative spirit to, to help each other, not to beat them up or anything like that, but to help them. And, and this particular com- uh, supplier of ours was, uh, they were sending us parts that went inside of, uh, well, I'll just say, went inside of a cell phone. I've named two cell phone companies. So you, <laughs> if you... If you end up saying the name, I'll I'll go back and bleep it. Yeah. Well, but they they, this company was selling us uh, this little little plastic part that went inside of his cell phone. Okay, and you know there's lots of different parts that kind of stack up on top of each other inside of a of a phone if you ever uh, break one apart. And what was happening was we were getting these parts and we were having all kinds of problems in assembly and these things wouldn't go together and it was like a tolerance stack up problem with these parts. So the, the dimensioning was off a little bit, right? And I mean, these things, there's a very, very tight tolerance on these types of parts. And so we went to uh, work with this supplier and come to find out that, my goodness, they were just, they were just, oh my, God, I don't even know how much money they were losing on scrapping parts and they were internally before they even sent us anything and that's no good, right? Because we right. want our, we wanted our suppliers to be profitable. I mean, we needed <laughs> them to be successful as well. And, and so we worked with them and we were going to, we had all these ideas of kind of running some design of experiments and things like that to try to optimize our process to really figure out, you know, how to make these parts. Well, we started to kind of down that road and one of the first things that, you know, I was always taught was to very, very verify your measurement system, right? You know, if you're measuring parts, you know, and you're going to do a design of experiment or something, you need to be able to make sure that the data can be trusted, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. And so we did a quick MSA. I think we had 20 parts and we ran a kind of a formal measurement system analysis. They were using this, oh my gosh, they had this umpteen hundred thousand dollar optical inspection machine that would measure you know the corners of these parts and tell you the exact size of it and well we did an msa probably took i don't know it wasn't didn't take long to i don't know 30 40 minutes and we did the analysis and came to find out that they had no earthly clue whether or not these parts were good or bad there's something we teach in msa called the number of distinct categories and you want that to be above five and they had one. I mean, they couldn't tell you whether or not it was good or bad. That's how, how, how awful their measurement system was. And these poor quality guys were looking at each other like, well, we're calibrating it to the gold standard and whatnot. And, and it didn't matter. You know, it was a good machine and, and a good, you know, calibration process, but something was broken. And so mm. we spent really the next, uh, oh, it didn't take long. We, we spent a day or two, I think, working together and um, come to find out that I won't get too technical, but the way that they this machine would uh, would kind of calibrate itself before it measured the parts was it would look at on this little plastic part there were these little black kind of nubs that kind of stuck up right, and the machine that would would kind of grab a, the, the the edge of that uh, little nub and that's how it would it would calibrate so it would look in one corner to go to another corner and another corner so it would look at three corners and these three little nubs and and that's how it would kind of get its calibration well what we discovered was it was a black part 
okay? And mm-hmm. this black little nub was black. <laughs> and so the machine just wasn't able to reliably find its zero point, if you will. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so this that was the problem. And well, what happened was right beside the little nub were holes, drilled holes in this little part. And I asked the question to these really smart engineers. I was like, are those... Uh, those holes always, you know, real tight tolerance. Oh, yeah, you know, they're extremely important because that's yeah. actually where the parts snapped into the bone, right, With the, through these holes. And so all we did was we trained the optical machine to look at those holes instead of the nubs, and immediately the measurement problem was fixed. <laughs> yeah. And then we were able to measure the voice of the process, right? And then we were able to really dial in the machine. Come to find out, they didn't have a good, you know, process for making these parts. So we were able to do a design of experiment at that point and really kind of fine tune their process. But I mean, this took like a matter of a day or two. And I don't, I mean, it, number one, it saved, you know, our company a lot of headaches on our assembly process. But then it also saved this company many, 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 many thousands of dollars in yeah. scrap and, and just all kinds of stuff. So measurement system analysis, if, if uh, people want to learn more about it, you know, we've, we've, I've written some blog articles on it and there's tons of other, you know, free resources. I'm not trying to sell anything here, but, but I would really encourage any, any lean, lean or Six Sigma practitioner, if you're not familiar with MSA, you really, really need to dig into it and understand that because um, it can cause all kinds of problems if it's not right. Yeah. Well, and you know, there, there's this whole realm of, uh, you know, analysis tools, problem solving tools. I mean, I, I probably literally the last DOE that I ever did was as like a college intern. Right. 20, probably exactly 20 years ago. Right. Um, so, you know, are, are there times where we may be missing the boat if as you know, lean focused improvement people we're, we're we're trying to rely on on things like fishbone diagrams or 5y analysis or gimbal walks like yeah how do you know when you've got one of those kind of you know sticky tricky complicated problems that require that level of uh, statistical yeah. rigor whether it's six sigma or where they call it right. statistics or or what yeah. have you but that's a great question and and i mean i would guess i would say that you know when you get to that point and you're doing this 5y and you're you get to a point and you've branched that 5y thing off like 14 times and you've got a whiteboard <laughs> i mean that happens right yeah. you know, you've seen it and you get to a point to where you're like why and you're like i don't know <laughs> you know or we just there's just no way of knowing for sure based on our experience or anything like that you know we can go to Gemba all day long and and watch machine produce defect after defect but if the you know when you get into a more technical kind of situation there are times and situations to where you know what you you really need instead of just changing one factor at a time which is how many of us will approach mm-hmm. that you know that's just not a uh, that's not an effective way to problem solve and and there's just simple tools like DOE that can help i mean just even like with your website mark you know like you know we're always experimenting with websites i mean there's there's companies that do and google you know is huge um, they don't necessarily call them DOEs but they're constantly testing right and 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 Amazon, same thing. These guys are running design of experiments, whether yeah. we realize or not. And to try to figure out is the orange button better than the red button? <laughs> is sign up now better than you know buy or something like that? I mean, there's just so many ways that um, 
that these tools can help us. Yeah, well, and it's funny. I was shopping for something the other day on Amazon, and uh, I'm very familiar with Amazon pages. And one one item I was looking at really jumped out because I'm like, oh, something's different. Like the shape of the buy button and the color. So, yeah, it was Absolutely. different. And I went to a different product, and it was the old traditional thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're testing. They're testing yeah. something here. Yeah. Now, I've been doing some work on, on my blog recently to try to um, you know speed up page load time. And yeah. so I've been looking at, like, all right, what plugins are really probably non-value-adding yeah. uh, to the reader? So taking out some of those speeds up things. Um, yeah. But you're yeah. right. It's probably, you know, I, I haven't been doing multifactorial analysis. I've been, like, making one change and seeing yeah. if it loads faster. And, yeah, and that's better yeah. than, I mean, hey, at least you're trying, right? That's the <laughs> spirit of it. So, um, yeah. you know, what they say, the five, what's the hardest S, start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Not sustain, but start. Start, um, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Ron, hey, uh, you know, there, there's a lot we could talk about. Maybe we prompt some discussion on uh, the blog post for this episode here. Um, we, we can do um, another podcast in the future. Before we wrap up, if you want to um, rattle off some websites or some yeah. places or different ways that people uh, yeah. can find you and your stuff online, go for it. Yeah, for well, thank you. So, I mean, my two websites, lssacademy.com, that's my personal blog. I've got a there's a free ebook, it's 70 pages and and uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's just old blog articles so people can go and, and download that um, if they're interested and and uh, love uh, for you know, anybody that's not read any of my stuff to check it out. There's over 500 articles now, so lots of stuff in there. And then obviously gimbaacademy.com. That's uh, my main uh, my main business and that's what uh, um, that I do day in and day out. So it's just it's simply GimbaAcademy.com, and uh, there's a free a pre preview subscription. You can sign up for that, and uh, and I uh, would love to to have uh, folks check that out. Well, Ron, hey, thanks for for being a guest here. Finally, I went back and looked. It was episode 143 where you were uh, the okay. guest host, um, hey. <laughs> uh, where where I was babbling about. Um, Stuff we had done uh, back in the uh, the webinar about statistical uh, yeah. statistical yeah, yeah, process yeah, yeah. control SPC. Yeah, the lean guy on there talking about SPC. Go <laughs> figure, huh? <laughs> but you know, look, I mean, that's something we learned uh, in, yeah. you know, in industrial engineering. We did control yeah. charts at GM. Now, whether uh, that's a whole different podcast of of why managers wouldn't let people stop the line when something was out of control. Yeah. That that's. Uh, a whole different discussion, and maybe I should write a blog post about that. But, Ron, uh, it's great to finally have you on the show. Uh, even though we're not neighbors anymore now that I'm down in San Antonio, I know. I know. Um, it's still good to be able to bump into you once in a while up there in the DFW area. And um, thanks for taking time to talk today. All right, Mark. Take care. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.